In today's episode of Small Screen Stories, Ryan Reynolds might cameo as Green Lantern in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Chris Evans sent Captain America's shield to a six-year-old hero. There's talk of Keanu Reeves wanting to make a Constantine sequel. Lucifer Season 5's trailer's been released, and I review the old guard on Netflix. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Small Screen Stories. Hello and welcome back to Small Screen Stories. This is the podcast where I go through all the news of the week in the worlds of entertainment and pop culture and I also review some stuff. So let's kick things off by chatting about Ryan Reynolds cameoing as Green Lantern in Zack Snyder's Justice League. This is a rumour at the moment, but it seems as though it's all been confirmed. So basically, Ryan Reynolds, if you don't remember, starred as Green Lantern, Hal Jordan actually, in the very first uh, Green Lantern film. And that movie was a massive, well disappointment i think it was it was just a complete and utter failure and one of the things about this film that i mean i find particularly interesting because watching it now and seeing where ryan reynolds is today there was a time when we were really thinking that ryan reynolds's career was done it was like he wasn't going to be able to basically star in a comic book movie like this in a blockbuster movie like this because this film did a lot to damage his reputation in Hollywood, it, which already, I mean, he wasn't like the most well-known actor around. He was well-known for starring in a lot of rom-coms, and this was really his move over to like big comic book blockbusters. And there are lots of issues with the movie. Um, it's a kind of CGI mess. It's something that I don't enjoy watching and many other people don't enjoy watching, but he played Hal Jordan in it. And there are rumours that Zack Snyder is very keen on making him cameo in his his extended edition or his cut of Justice League, which is coming to HBO Max in 2021, hopefully early 2021. So this is kind of means, if this is going to end up being the case, it means that this Green Lantern movie that uh, Ryan Reynolds was in is potentially going to be a DCEU movie if he does end up turning as Hal Jordan in Justice League, which is kind of weird, interesting, weird, but it's, it's something that I'm actually quite surprised that Ryan Reynolds would even go back to because of what it did to his career. It really didn't help him. It's kind of, he's kind of turned it into a joke nowadays. There was a joke in the first Deadpool movie about not wanting to make, to like give his superhero a CGI green outfit, which is, of course, in relation to to Green Lantern. He, uh, he does this a lot in his films. He did this with... Um, uh, in Deadpool 2, he did something similar when uh, he turns up in the post-credit scenes. If you haven't seen it, spoilers for the post-credit scenes in Deadpool 2. But he, uh, the end, the very end of the movie, he has the ability to go back in time and ends up shooting the actor Ryan Reynolds in the head when he's looking, when he's uh, reading. I believe it is the Green Lantern script. But I might be wrong. It might be. It it could very well be uh, the X Men Origins movie, which he of course starred in as Deadpool. Uh, it's kind of a mini miracle that we've got uh, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool after he appeared in both Green Lantern and then X Men Origins. Uh, Wolverine is the full title of that film, which is a complete. <laughs> it's another really bad comic book movie, but. He's one of those actors that doesn't really mind kind of poking fun at himself, which is one of the reasons that I I actually quite like him. I, I do think he's a bit one note, and um, I think he tends to do the same thing over and over again. But he does this kind of jokey, like rude Deadpool character quite well. He is basically just Deadpool, 
And that, that's something that I quite like about him. And it's why I'm actually kind of interested to see how they tie him into <laughs> into this this movie, into this uh, into Zack Snyder's Justice League, because we already know that in the Justice League, the the movie that came out in cinemas, the one that Joss Whedon basically directed, there is a glimpse. You do get a glimpse of a Green Lantern, but it's not Hal Jordan. So this basically means that, yeah, again, as I said before, it basically makes uh, the the Green Lantern movie that Ryan Reynolds starred in. It makes it canon in the DCEU, which I find quite <laughs> quite amusing. Uh, moving away from the DCEU and actually onto Marvel of sorts. So basically, I'm not... I mean, you probably have seen a story. This has been everywhere this week. But there was a young boy called Bridger, a six-year-old boy called Bridger, a very brave boy, who uh, stepped in to save his sister, his younger sister, from a dog attack. And then, uh, so this this was this story was um, it made it made the rounds, and then it also became apparent that he is a big kind of Marvel movie fan. He's always dressed up as a Marvel uh, superhero. So what ended up happening was. This was all instigated uh, by uh, comicbook.com's Brandon... Uh, I forgot his last name now. This isn't very good. Uh, Brandon Davis. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, and uh, basically he got in touch with Chris Evans and showed him the story. And then Chris Evans felt so touched by this story that he sent uh, Bridger a video uh, telling him what a brave young boy he is, which is true. And he also revealed that he's going to send him a real-life uh, Captain America shield, which is fantastic because he's a, he's obviously a massive Captain America fan. When he's watching the video, he's in a Captain America costume. And it's a really heartwarming story. But, of course, he has, he has you know, scars because he stepped he stepped in. But, this, I mean, this kid is a real-life hero. So it's nice to see, to see the actors, the Marvel movie actors. They've kind of all um, spoken to him now. I think, like, Tom Hardy sent him a video, or Tom Hardy, Tom Holland send, sent him a video, um, Robert Downey Jr. sent him a video, and they're all, you know, they all want him to come to come to the set and see how all the movies are made, and so and it's, that's, it's really heartwarming, and I wanted to spend a bit of time on it, because I think it's a nice story in a world where it's a lot of doom and gloom, you know, you look at a six-year-old boy like that who's willing to do something as selfless as that, it's, I mean, I don't know if I would have done it when I was six, year, six years old. And it's something that uh, that really, really touched me, and uh, I think a lot of other people were um, were very moved by it. Anyway, let's move away from like comic book stuff, and maybe onto some Star Wars. So, Alden Ehrenreich, who played very famously, <laughs> he played Han Solo in Solo: A Star Wars Story, has been talking. He was on um, the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, and they were chatting about the possibility of a Solo two, so a Solo sequel. And he actually revealed that he really would like to do it. So he was like, uh, I, I, he, when he was asked about it, he said, I would love to do it. It would have to be the right version of, of it. What's cool and kind of free in a way is that the real fun of Han Solo, my favorite part of that character, is something that kicks in at the end of the movie. So he's basically saying that, which is true, at the end of that of Solo, you really start to see kind of the version of Han Solo that we all kind of know and love from the original movies, so the Harrison Ford version, and there is a lot of that. I've often spoken about how much I have reevaluated my, especially on the site, my opinion of uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. I remember when I first watched the film, I really wasn't that impressed by it. I actually thought it was quite dull. Um, I thought the the way 
the way they explained a lot of the um <laughs> like how Han Solo ended up getting his stuff like how he ended up getting his blaster how he ended up getting um like basically his style how he ended up getting his name how he ended up being friends with Chewie he basically gets everything handed to him literally he's told his name so you know a guy goes oh well you're on, on your own therefore you're Han Solo you know his his by at that point he only goes by Han uh, he gets the blaster, his famous blaster, throw you know thrown at him by uh, Woody Harrelson's character, and then he ends up being thrown into a pit with Chewie and somehow manages to speak Wookie. And you know we don't we don't really know how he how he does that, but you know that's that's how they explain those things. But um, I recently we rewatched it on Disney Plus, and I was like, actually, it's really good fun. And I think we kind of we kind of forget about this. We we forget how important that is with Star Wars movies. A lot of people are so tied up in like the law and wanting everything to be the way they thought it was going to be that no one's no one's ever happy. I mean, especially the vocal kind of Star Wars fandom online. It it is quite toxic, and I hate using that word because it's often it's overused. But that's the only real way right now I can think of describing it because. People just people people are never never satisfied. And and rewatching this film, I was like, this is literally all I want from Star Wars. All I want from Star Wars is an action adventure movie that you know it it enter, entertains me for about two hours, and it's actually a decent story, and it's a really solidly made movie. I know I would like a bit more from my Star Wars films, but considering also the backstory of Solo, the fact that it had um, it was originally going to be directed by Chris Lord and Phil Miller. I mean, it sounds like behind the scenes things weren't going very well there, so they got fired, and then um, uh, Ron Howard was brought on board. And Ron Howard is kind of like, he's like a safe pair of hands, and that's what he delivered. He delivered a, a safe movie, and I think that's why people disliked it so much. But it's got nothing to do with old Aaron Reich's performance in it. Actually, all the actors in it are brilliant. I actually think this is um, uh, Amelia Clark's best ever performance as Kira in this movie and I really would like to see where they're gonna where they're gonna go with that like the Kira arc is really interesting I find I mean I I know spoilers Darth Maul turns up at the end of the movie and that's a bit silly and that's very fan servicey but I kind of don't mind <laughs> I know that's probably not a good thing to say but I was like yeah I wouldn't mind seeing what what's going on with this Khmer Rouge uh, you know weird kind of mysterious organization that's apparently headed up by Darth Maul I wouldn't mind seeing more of that I wouldn't mind knowing more about that I wouldn't mind I would not mind seeing more of this version of Han Solo and you really can't compare it to the Harrison Ford version because they're very different they're so I mean first off Harrison Ford's Han Solo excuse my French but he's a dick and you know he kind of it's kind of like it, his story arc goes from like him being like smuggler, you know, not a particularly nice person, into becoming a bit of a hero. This kind of Han Solo is kind of heroic already. So already we're starting off at a kind of weird point because we're meeting in the original uh, Star Wars movies. We meet Han, and it's kind of established that he's not a, he's not that good a guy. He kills Greedo. He shot first, by the way, and um. You know he's he's he is um, selfish. He only really thinks about himself, and he only ever wants to save his own skin. And 
I mean, somehow manages to save Chewie's skin at the same time. So there is that element of, of it. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I am, I'm kind of fine with with old Narenreich playing a, diff, a slightly different version of Han, a more gullible version of Han Solo, a more... Um, he hasn't kind of been... Like we we see we meet Han in A New Hope, and he's you can kind of tell he's gone through this stuff a lot. He's done a lot of this sort of stuff. He's kind of a veteran at this point in the smuggling game, so he's kind of he's kind of lost faith, you know. And he's not like, well. I suppose that's not the best way to put it, but he's he's seen the worst parts of the like the universe. I'm not going to say humanity because they're not humans in it, but. Um, it would be interesting to see how he gets to that point. And I, I think that's what they're going to do. I, I, I really do hope they, they end up making uh, this sequel. I'm not sure if they're going to because it's expensive and uh, I don't really know what they're doing with the these kind of like side Star Wars movies, these side stories of theirs. Who knows? Um, but I mean, I'd like to see it. I know there are lots of people out there that would also like to see a solo too. I don't know if it do very well. Solo didn't do particularly well. I want to see it. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, moving on from Star Wars onto Constantine, the sequel. So back in, it was 2005, so it was a while ago, uh, Keanu Reeves starred in a Constantine movie. And it was directed by Francis Lawrence, who then he then went on to direct uh, the, uh, the Hunger Game movies, some of them. And... It was an interesting film because it's based on a first. It's based on a comic that I love. the The Constantine comics I find really, really um, different compared to everything else of the DCU or DC Comics kind of universe. And they're written well, originally written by Neil Gaiman, and I'm a big, big fan of Neil Gaiman's. And I felt that these that the movie kind of captured that weirdness. It was a. It was kind of. It was a very two thousand y type <laughs> comic book movie. But it was kind of, it was a bit more, a bit grittier, a bit, a bit more kind of adult. I'm going to put that in quotation marks. But it, it sounds so. Francis Lawrence has been talking to Slash Film, so they've been releasing kind of this interview in installments, and he actually revealed that he's spoken to Keanu Reeves about doing a sequel, and that he apparently would love to do another Constantine movie. They both would, and he even revealed that the producer of the first Constantine movie wants to do it. The only thing they'd have to do is actually shrink the budget. So they, he said, be more, more responsible with the budget. But I really like this idea. I, I, it's a bit of a weird place they're in at the moment with um, Constantine because it's now Vertigo and not DC Comics. So I'm not sure whether they'd be able to do it. What what's going on with the rights there? I don't really know. But you know what? I'd really like to see. I'd really like to see Keanu Reeves back as Constantine, even though he's technically not perfect for the role he plays kind of a different like Constantine's meant to be English first of all and we all know that Keanu Reeves cannot do an English accent but it's it's kind of a different version of the character and I quite like it I know that we have like the John Wick films now so that's kind of probably scratching my Keanu Reeves action movie itch but I would I always want to see him in more stuff and I think this is a decent vehicle for him to kind of rally behind um He's get he is getting on a bit now. So whether he can do these uh, these action movies for that much longer, I don't know. I mean, Tom Cruise is still doing them, and they both seem to be in excellent shape. Anyway, let's move away from Constantine and onto Superman, but in particular Henry Cavill. So there was a really fun video that I mean, 
if you don't follow Henry Cavill on Instagram, first off, why aren't you following him? Secondly, follow him now. Thirdly, he uh, he posted a really fun video this week of him building his own gaming computer. And it's a really fun video, and I would recommend you go and watch it as soon as you can. I just wanted to mention it because uh, Keanu, oh, sorry, not Keanu, Henry Cavill is one of these guys that I've, I mean, I really like his online presence. Uh, I actually really, I've, I wrote an article last week about how I think he is one of the best versions of Superman we've ever had. And um, I explained, I think I explained it pretty well in the article, but I'll go into that in, in a little bit bit more detail later on but the thing I love about this is he's not afraid of showing what how much of a geek he is which I think is quite I think is quite endearing there was the story of course about him almost missing well he did miss Zack Snyder's call telling him he got the role the Superman role because he was playing World of Warcraft so he's that kind of person he's someone that first off he he loves kind of pop culture he loves uh, video games of course he's a big gamer like both yeah, metaphorically and physically and um he's someone he he's it's just this video is so it's just so endearing it's like it's just a step by step him building this 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 massive gaming pc and he looks so excited in it and i just think i i really do i really do think that he is one of one of the most fun people on the internet right now Anyway, let's move uh, on from Henry Cavill and on to the Batman TV spin-off. So this is news. It actually came out a while ago, but I didn't get, I didn't actually have time to get to it last the, in the last episode. But it was revealed that HBO Max has just greenlit a the a Batman spin-off, a TV show, which is being written by uh, well, the pilot was written by Matt Reeves, who's directing the Batman movie, and it's going to be set in the Gotham Police Department and it's going to be a prequel to the Batman movie which I I mean I think this is really interesting I think first off it's interesting because it, it's it kind of shows to me that Warner Brothers and HBO Max are really really invested in Matt Reeves's vision for the Batman universe because they wouldn't let him do this if they weren't secondly Matt Reeves is he is one of the most interesting directors working today I mean if you haven't watched the um, if you haven't watched his uh, his Planet of the Apes movies, he did the last two. They are really good, really really good. He also directed Cloverfield, which I actually think is I mean it's aged a bit now, but I actually think is a really good movie. So he's someone that he's obviously incredibly talented, and he's very invested in the Batman. To to think that he wrote the script to the movie and is now writing a spin-off tv show it's kind of madness it's um the guy's obviously working 24 7 on batman which i find i find first off i love that i love the fact that he's doing that i think it does depend on how well the movie does uh, I, i'm i'm pretty sure the movie's going to be incredible i think robert patterson as batman is one of the best bits of casting news I've heard in a long time because I think Robert Pattinson is a fantastic actor and I'm really excited to see what he does with the role I think it'll be you know I like I like the the news that it's going to be a more kind of mystery based movie so you're going to see Batman being more of a detective in this I like the fact that it's supposedly based on the long Halloween which is one of my favorite Batman comics of all time 
So I like all this, and I'm hoping that this TV show spin-off is going to be slightly based on Gotham Central, which is the Greg Rucker um, comic book series, which I think is just fantastic. I think if you haven't read it, please do. It's really good. Batman is involved in that slightly, but it's mainly about what the police department in Gotham are up to. This being a prequel, I'm hoping it won't be Gotham, <laughs> the TV show, because I don't think Gotham's that good. I'm sorry. I know it's got a lot of fans, but I don't think it's particularly good. I think it's very, it's kind of, it's a bit like kind of the Joel Schumacher version of the Batman universe in a weird way. It's kind of campy. It's, it, it's got its, you know, it's got its charm, I think, but I'm much more into the idea of Matt Reeves doing something with the Gotham Police Department. I think it's going to be really, really interesting and I can't wait to watch it. And um, then, so I think it's time to move away from DC um, for literally, well, move away from just comic book movies in general. So I'm going to finish off the the kind of news segment uh, this week by talking about the Fast and Furious 9 so this is a film that should we should have seen already by now, but uh, we haven't because of the lockdown and coronavirus, which is a bit um, it's a bit sad, you know. But it happens. Uh, and I said this is the end. Of, uh, this is the end of the movie segment of the of, of the news. But uh, apparently, so let me get this up. Apparently, uh, we are going to get to see Dom Toretto in space. Which is something I've been waiting for for a very, very long time. A lot of people have been saying that this is basically where the the franchise is going to go. But this was actually from Ludacris, who may have let slip that this is going to happen in Fast and Furious Nine. So he was being um, he was on uh, the Jess Cagle show, which is on Sirius XM, and they were talking about the upcoming Fast and Furious movie. And Kaggle, she mentioned the word space when they were discussing what could happen next in the film franchise. And Ludacris then had said, you just said something very important. And he said, I will say you're, um, you're very intuitive because you said something right. I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> Which kind of like, he said something right about what. So then she was like, Kaggle was really sensing a scoop here. And Ludacris just said, no, 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 you said it. I can't. I don't know what you said. And then he, and then Kaggle said space. I said space. So he was kind of being, if you listen, you, you should listen to the the episode. It's an interesting episode um, of the of the show. But it to me, it kind of, and a lot of other people, it can't, he kind of let the cat out of the bag that they're going to, that, that either Fast and Furious 9 or Fast and Furious 10, I'm pretty sure it's Fast and Furious 9, is going to see Dom Toretto in space. So whether whether or not that's probably like him going into the stratosphere, basically being in space, probably experiencing zero gravity or something like that. I'm just I, I'm this. These are literally just I'm just spitballing. I don't know. I have no um, you know no sources telling me this is the case, but it kind of makes sense that this that the franchise like this kind of ends up in space because it's kind of it's basically now just a comic book movie. So it makes sense that they'd end up going all the way into space. At least I think so. Anyway, so let's move on to on to TV news. So there's been quite a lot of TV stuff this week. But uh, one of the things that I found really interesting was, I mean, if you listen to this show, you know I'm a massive fan of Lucifer. So Lucifer Season 5's trailer was released. 
And in that trailer, it revealed something that I really wasn't expecting. So it starts off basically revealing that Lucifer's back. And we all know if you've watched Lucifer season four, you'll know that Lucifer ends up going back to hell in season four. But no, apparently, if this trailer's to be believed, Lucifer's back at the very beginning of the season, which is quite strange. Uh, but something's not right. And it's quickly revealed in this trailer that the Lucifer in the trailer isn't the Lucifer we know. It's actually his evil twin brother, Michael, which is like bringing Lucifer into like telenovela territory. And I love that fact. I love the fact that they're doing this. And um, yeah, that's kind of that's it in the nu in a nutshell. Lucifer obviously ends up coming back from hell because the end of the um, trailer is Lucifer and Michael facing off one another and Michael saying, do you like what I've done with the place? It's it's got me excited to see uh, to see this this season. We already know that this isn't going to be the last season. There's going to be a season six, which is really great news for Lucifer fans. So I'm really excited to see this. It seems that a lot of other people are really excited to see this too. But uh, let's move away from Lucifer and on to Charlie Cox, um, who you might know played Daredevil in the Netflix um, Marvel TV shows and the Netflix Daredevil show. Charlie Cox is fantastic as Daredevil. I really don't think anyone could play him better than him. But the problem is, is that these these Netflix TV shows are basically they've all been canned, which means that the actors, it's likely that they're not actually going to come back and play the roles. However, there are sources out there bounding into comics. His sources have revealed that Marvel Studios is trying to think of a way to get Charlie Cox to play Daredevil in the MCU. That's really interesting, uh, and I think it's something that um, they should have done this a while ago, to be honest, because Charlie Cox is such a good actor and he'd be such an asset to the MCU. And according to the sources, that he's actually going to appear in a Disney Plus TV show. And according to them, they're going to bring in The Punisher as well and they're going to bring in John Bernthal. And they're also going to bring in um, some of the other actors from the Netflix TV shows. Uh, Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones as well. Which, I mean, I'm not... I like this idea, but I'm like, why don't just why don't just bring them into the movies? Because they've basically been established in the MCU already. Although it seems as though like Kevin Feige doesn't really want to acknowledge the, those series, which you know is his prerogative, I suppose. But I mean, I'm I, I I know a lot of people, and I myself am really really interested in seeing Charlie Cox play Daredevil. There were some rumors that he's going to turn up in the next Spider-Man movie and be Peter Parker's lawyer. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. It sounds as though that was just a bit of a, a rumor that was thrown out there. And uh, that's, that, I mean, that's something that could happen. I don't know, but we have to wait and see. So talking of Netflix, it's been revealed that Netflix has actually gained, it's done pretty well during the lockdown, and they've gained over 10 million new subscribers during COVID-19 lockdown, which, I mean, is to be expected. A lot of people are kind of staying at home now and most people are streaming stuff and there's a lot of stuff to stream on Netflix. Netflix is, has done better, in my opinion anyway, in releasing new content uh, during this lockdown period. You know, they've had some massive hits. They've had like the likes of Money Heist Season 4, I believe it was. Um, yeah, and Tiger, uh, Tiger King as well. Uh, they had the movies, they had Extraction, recently The Old Guard. I'm going to talk about that in a bit. And, um, you know, they've been doing pretty well. And they've been releasing new stuff pretty constantly, and it's been doing very well. Cursed just came out recently. Warrior Nun came out as well. So this is stuff that's been doing quite well on the streaming service. 
like if you look at the likes of Amazon and Hulu, they haven't been releasing as much. And Hulu's not available in, in Europe. So Netflix is just doing really well. Although they do think that the fourth quarter of the year won't be as good. They're predicting only 2.5 million new subscribers. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, I mean, hope for uh, Netflix has done really well. And this this might end up leading into them. <laughs> this is a bizarre segue. But them greenlighting Hannibal season four. So Brian Fuller has been talking about Hannibal season four. So they all did a cast reunion on Nerdist. You can go and check it out on their YouTube channel. It was a really fun little reunion. Well, not so little. It ran for over an hour. But yeah, Fuller was basically saying that he's really hopeful that um, Hannibal season four will be greenlit. And he was talking about adapting um, uh, adapting the Silence of the Lambs storyline, which is is kind of, bit, I think it was revealed a while back by Mads Mikkelsen that Fuller bought the rights to the Silence of the Lambs story, which is really cool. Like, I would love to see Mads Mikkelsen get to sink his teeth into that storyline. I think he's the perfect Hannibal Lecter. I'm sorry, Anthony Hopkins, but I think he's better than Anthony Hopkins. You know, there are many fans of Anthony Hopkins' uh, performance out there. I think he's great, but I think I think Mads Mikkelsen just has that kind of... He's a bit kind of more appealing in a weird way. You can understand why people would be drawn in by someone like that. He's very sophisticated, suave. You know, he's kind of handsome in a kind of <laughs> Scandinavian way, I suppose. Well, they're very handsome people. But it's... um. It's something that I really want to see come back, and I've spoken about this on the site before. But it's, it's just, it's just such a good show. It's such a good show, and it got cancelled way too early. I know season three wasn't the best, but I think if they're given more time, more money, which they had a lot of, to be honest, to begin with. But now we've moved into an an era where people and like streaming services, you know, cable TV companies are more willing to pay kind of big bucks for these types of shows so that, you know, you had the likes of Game of Thrones, Amazon's like spending shed loads of money on like the Lord of the Rings series and the Three Body Problem series. So there's a lot of money being thrown out there. And I think Hannibal deserves some of that money. Another TV show that's coming, which I was really surprised by, but apparently... I, I actually didn't know about this, but we're getting a Chucky TV series, which is is madness. It's like Chucky just will not die. But so basically, <clears throat> there was a a movie that came out. I think it was last year, which kind of rebooted the Chucky franchise, and it had Mark Hamill doing the voice of Chucky, and it was a bit of a weird movie. I didn't like it that much, and a lot of Chucky fans didn't like it that much. So what they've ended up doing is that um, Don Mancini, the creator of Chucky, uh, is doing a TV series with the Sci-Fi Network, uh, Sci-Fi and the USA Network in the US, and it's coming in 2021. And they released a trailer, a kind of very um, a short teaser trailer on online, and it made fans went crazy. Uh, basically, it looks like they're completely forgetting that. that, that uh, that kind of reboot Chucky movie ever existed or where it was ever made. And this will kind of pick up from The Cult of Chucky, which was 2017's Chucky movie, which was actually pretty decent, I thought. And it will feature the original voice of Chucky, which is, I think people are really, really excited for that. It's kind of going to go back to the grassroots of the character. Um, and it's, yeah, it's something that I'm pretty excited for. I would, I, I'm, I, I, I love horror series like Ash vs. Evil Dead is fantastic. I thought Haunting of Hill House was really good. I think Chucky is... I I kind of 
the first movie I think is worth watching. I actually think Cult of Chucky is worth watching as well, but there are a lot of them like Bride of Chucky and stuff like that. I think completely forgettable. But it's an interesting franchise. It's one that's been going on for so long and a lot of people love it. So you know what? Why not let them do it? I'm excited for it and a lot of fans are excited for it. So let's move away from the news and onto reviews. So recently, I think it was last week. Yeah, it was last week. Uh, Netflix released their new action movie, The Old Guard, starring Charlie's Theron, Kiki Lane, Matthias Schoenartz, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Luca Marileni, Harry Meeling, uh, uh, Melling, sorry. <clears throat> so it's it's got a fantastic cast, this movie. And it's, let me give you the, the scene so it's basically charlie's theron doing a, a superhero movie so she is in charge she's called andy and she's uh the leader of this mercenary group of well, they're all immortal <laughs> so they're unkillable but they actually are killable at one point at a certain point in time they don't know when they won't be able to heal their wounds so I was really excited for this film because I love, I think Charlie's Theron is such a good action movie star. Uh, if you watch Mad Max Fury Roads, Atomic Blonde, even Eon Flux, there's a lot of stuff in those movies that I love, I adore. But the problem is that this movie just doesn't have any of that. The, the best way to describe this film in one word is, unfortunately, it's dull. It's boring. And I really didn't want it to be. It's like... Gina Prince Blythewood made the movie, Blythewood, sorry, made the film, and she's a really kind of she's an up and coming director. She's you know she's been around well, she's directed quite a few movies before this, but this is like this is a movie that I was really thinking, God, that you know she's got Charlie's Theron in it, Charlie's Theron's producing it, you got Netflix behind it, you got a good kind of it's a good idea, it's like an interesting idea. But it just ends up feeling like one of those action kind of comic book movies that were made in the 2000s, in the early 2000s. The music choice is weird. The action, the, the set pieces are just not that interesting. So when I when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, what's what's wrong with this movie? Why did I why did I not enjoy this movie as much as I enjoyed I, I enjoyed Extraction, for instance, or John Wick? You know, what, why do I or Mission Impossible Fallout? Why do I or Mad Max Fury Road? Anyway, I'll stop mentioning, but why did I prefer those action movies over this one? What's the difference? Because fundamentally, they're, they're all pretty similar. They're all edited in the same kind of, I mean, apart from Mad Max Fury Road, which I think is a perfectly edited movie. But you look at these films, they're all kind of very similar. They have similar storylines, really. You know, it's similar characters in a certain way. But why did a movie like Extraction kind of engross me more than the old guards and I think a lot of it is down to just pure action pure like really well choreographed action sequences really well thought out action sequences really like they also I, I know this sounds a bit weird to say but music does play an important part in these types of films a lot of people have spoken have talked about action movies like really well choreographed action movies almost like being watched almost like watching really well-made uh, musicals and well-thought-out musicals. And it's kind of the same thing because when you look at an, act as an action sequence, when you look at a fight, choreography is almost like a dance. And it's, it's got a beat. And, it, and, and this, you know, the, the scenes have got, got a structure to them. And it's, 
is kind of about surprising you, but also something is something familiar, but also you want something to surprise you. And there's nothing surprising in any of these action sequences. There's no like, like the, there's no kind of outstanding moment. Like if you think of extraction, you think of that scene, that really long action sequence, you know, all one shot, even though it's not really one shot, but it looks like it is. And it's just, it just packs a massive punch. You know, you really think, God, like this, this is something. Like, and it's the same with Mad Max Fury Road. It's the, it's the same with uh, John, the John Wick films. It's the same with that incredible action sequence with um, Tom Cruise and um, and uh, Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible Fallout. You know, these are the moments that stand out that you remember that you think, God, I want to go back to that movie and rewatch that scene and, you know, rewatch that movie for this particular scene or this, you know. And it, it's it's in all of those other films that there's nothing like that in this in this movie, and it's just it's such a shame um, because it's got so much pedigree, it's got so much potential, it's got so much talent. You know, Charlie Theron, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Mateusz Szczepanowski, fantastic actors, every single one of them fantastic actors. They're just let down by poor choreography rather lazy script writing which i know doesn't really matter that much in an action movie but here it does uh poor music choices like really weird music choices and it seems as though netflix wants to make this a franchise you know the end of it's like open-ended and it's like oh there's a sequel coming i really don't want them to make a sequel to this film if they're going to make a sequel to anything like i would even i mean i don't really want them to do a sequel to extraction either but i'd rather see an ex a sequel to extraction than to this because i just i think she, i i said this in the in the review i think charlie's theron is so much better than this and she's shown time and time again in her action movies even atomic blonde i found which i didn't particularly like that much but i found that to be more visceral i found her performance in that to be more compelling she, i thought i really thought she was dull in this film which i mean i, I know I'm, I'm sounding very harsh and i really don't want to be because you know, it's not nice that a lot of people spent a lot of time making this film. And there was obviously a lot of love that went into it. And there were really good intentions behind it. But it's done really well, though. So, you know, it's been Netflix's most watched movie in the past couple of... I didn't, it didn't quite do as well as Extraction. But then again, <laughs> Extraction's now become Netflix, the most watched Netflix original movie of all time. So it's just a bit... I was, I was very disappointed by it. So yeah, that was the review, but I'm actually going to end, I'm going to give you a bit of bonus content this week. Yeah, I'm going to talk about cancel culture. <laughs> I'm probably going to get myself into a lot of trouble by about talking about this. But we wrote a couple of articles on the site this week about uh, fans cancelling certain celebrities. So there were two of them. There was Sebastian Stan and uh, Noah Schnapp from Stranger Things. So... <clears throat> There's a lot of this going around at the moment. There's a lot of cancel culture. And it's something that I find to be quite dangerous because especially especially in the case of Noah, um, Noah Schnapp, who's literally a kid. And I really think um, we're in debt. We're, we're, people are entering dangerous waters here because if you're going to... It basically means... Like, the thing that both actually... Like, Sebastian Stan basically is being called out on fans... On social media for his social media accounts blocking certain fans asking questions about his girlfriend. His girlfriend said some stuff that... You know, I'm, I'm not going to go into that because I really... 
I don't want to go into that, but basically he's being um, supposedly cancelled because he didn't say anything. And that I think is like, I'm like, well, these, you know, how can Sebastian Stan win in this situation? Because if he comes out and says something against his girlfriend, you know, that, that is his girlfriend. If he comes out and supports her, he'll be chastised for that. If he says, you know, I don't support her, she shouldn't have said this, you know, that's, it's not really supporting the person he supposedly loves, you know, and it's like, it's, it, you know, it's, 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 re- that's a really difficult situation to be in. I actually think the best thing for him to have done was not say anything, which is what he did. And he just didn't, did, you know, I mean, I know people don't like it when people are silent, but I mean, it's a really difficult situation to be in. As far as Noah Schnapp's concerned, so what happened with him is that uh, he's he follows a super fan of his called Hyla, uh, and she is one of these people that is obsessed with Noah Schnapp, and you know she photoshops herself into images with him, and she writes songs about him, and apparently I didn't know this, but apparently they actually become quite friendly on social media, and she. Uh, was called out recently for slut-shaming Millie Bobby Bobby Brown, um, saying transphobic things online. And uh, Noah Schnapp then basically, I think he commented on Instagram. He said, I I support you. I don't know why you're getting so much hate. Yes, he shouldn't have done that. He he shouldn't have done that. But, I mean, we (laughs) fans also, you should, like, say something about it, I suppose. But you also shouldn't ruin someone's career over it because he who knows did he know what was going on behind the scenes did he know i, I mean i can't say but again it, it to me it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that you should be you should bring it up yes it should be you know he should be spoken to about it yes you know he shouldn't be supporting this person but again it seems as though it's like imagine picture yourself in that position you're you're a young kid and you're in something as massive as stranger things it's just i don't think we can put ourselves into in that situation it's impossible for us to put ourselves into that situation because we've never experienced anything like that and it's just i don't think people ever think about that when they think of you know if you think of a celebrity or or, or an actor you know it's a, it is a job like any other and imagine if you're doing your job I mean, I get it myself with with uh, articles online. You know, I I do get abuse for the stuff I've written, and I'm fine with that because I I mean I can take that. But there are people out there that can't, and I just think we should we should just take a step back and not be so quick at just cancelling someone. And I I I think it's I think it's very dangerous because this is this is like a young guy's career we're talking about, and if you're going to start doing this, you know studios might not want to touch touch him it's kind of basically saying that people can't change and I really do believe people can change and I do believe people learn from their mistakes you know this was obviously a mistake of his uh, but I don't think he I don't think he should have his career ruined over it I don't think it's not right to be posting hashtag Noah Schnapp is over on on Twitter because of you know he made one mistake you know I think (laughs) I think you need to take a step back and really think about things before before you start cancelling someone. I mean, that was a long-winded thing about cancel culture, and that's why it's a bonus, you know, a little bonus feature at the end of the episode. But I did want to talk about it because I do think it's important. Like, again, let me know what you think. Like, you can you can go on, you know, I'm at Small Screen GB everywhere on 
Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I, I really do want to hear what you say. I, I love the fact that so many people are commenting on the site now. It's really, really cool. It's like, it's, uh, you know, this is a labor of love and I've been spending a lot of time on it and um, people are starting to, you know, react both positively and negatively to things that I write, but that's fine. You know, everyone can have an opinion. That's that's why I love pop culture so much. That's why I love movies and why I love this area of journalism. It's because people have people always have an opinion and it's a good place. I think small screen is a good place to chat about that sort of stuff in a nice way. There is some there are some uh, comments on the site that I do have to uh, I do have to delete because they're rude and, um, you know, there's no there's no reason to use some of the language that's used on the site sometimes but yeah anyway that was a lot to get through and again as usual i merely scratched the surface of all the news that came out this week but again please go and check small screen out which is at www.small-screen.co.uk for even more pop culture news features and reviews so as i said before you can find us on twitter instagram and facebook at small screen gb thank you so much for listening and i'll see you back here again next week thanks guys <laughs>